Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman, my father, Mike Golick Sr., and Dad, really chaotic Friday energy uh, around here right now. Uh, we've got a ton to get to today, as always. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating and a review. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube as well as here on DraftKingsNetwork.com live Monday through Friday, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern. Um plenty of normal things to get to the world of Damian Lillard continues to turn very publicly right now some comments from his agent starting to try and direct traffic in these negotiations yeah. Taylor Swift dropped the re-record of speak now last night and I have some thoughts which I'm sure oh, you're boy. interested in and yeah. as we're coming on air here dad mumbles to us have you guys heard of threads and blue sky and all this stuff going on right now so we'll have to uh we'll have to take dad's temperature and appetite for another social media but dad we've got summer league getting started tonight in the nba and you mentioned everyone's legitimately excited i think i don't normally watch a ton of summer league basketball but I'm 100% going to tune in because we've got two of the bright young stars getting ready to go against each other tonight. Victor Wembenyama from the Spurs, and then you're going to have Brandon Miller from the Charlotte Hornets going against each other in Summer League tonight. Two of the top three picks, lottery picks in the NBA draft. These guys went one and two. Brandon Miller, we all got to know at Alabama during his time in college. Obviously, there was some controversy around his time there with some off-the-court things that he was involved in. And then Victor Wembenyama, the most heralded prospect since LeBron James, a guy who, conversely, we haven't seen a ton of besides highlights and things that have made it to the pre-draft process. That's very exciting. And I'm sure for you, Dad, like, again, this far into your career, I'm sure you haven't watched a ton of Summer League, but this seems like a legitimate draw for this time of year, does it not? So, you know, as, as I had mentioned earlier, we had seen the G League kind of open up a little bit, or the Summer League, I'm sorry, open up a little bit with Lonzo Ball, really because of his dad being on every show in the world talking about how great his kids were going to be. And, oh, by the way, he hit it pretty well on two of them. Now, Lonzo's got the knee issue going on right now. But you started watching him there a little bit. And then, obviously, with Zion, that was huge uh, to see this guy, the anticipation of the start of his career, which has been nothing but a thud uh, at this point. So, yeah, you know, every now and then you get that guy. In this case, you get a bit of a matchup. Though Brandon Miller's already played uh, in a game, and, and, and basically the – the thought coming from that was you'd like to see him be more aggressive. Now, it's just the beginning of it. He was just talking about how happy he was 
wearing an NBA uniform. So, you know, let, let, let these young guys, they're all 19, basically 19 and 20, let them grow into it a little bit. So I'm ecstatic to watch Wembenyana play just to see it. We've seen all the highlights, right? But now to watch him in a game, go up and down the court, watch him away from the ball instead of just seeing, you know, his floater threes, you know, or, or what he does to block shots or in the paint. I'm looking forward to watching that, and you're getting the one and two pick, you know, basically against one another, and that's what you want. You see picks like this, you want those top picks to be instant, you know, hits on your NBA team when the season starts, instant contributors, if not, you know, bordering on great players right out of the gate. You never know what's going to happen, so this is kind of a nice first meeting with these two the one and two pick going against one another to see where it's going to go. But how can you not be fascinated at the number one pick in the draft who's seven foot five to watch this guy play basketball? Well, I agree with you, Dad, and that would be incredibly interesting and enough of a draw on its own, but unfortunately, Vegas had other plans for us, and we instead of getting a headline about this game, we got the headline that a thousand monkeys in a room full of typewriters could have never come up with in their yeah. entire lives, which involves a controversy surrounding Victor Wembenyana's security, which might also have been San Antonio Spurs team security, Apparently in an altercation with Britney Spears. Dad, if there was ever a moment that was going to drive home Victor Wembanyama's one understanding of the United States and what being a celebrity over here entails, and two, why he would be so excited even more to go to a place like San Antonio where he's not going to have to deal with any of this, it was this entire experience. So... Victor Wembenyama said on Thursday that he believes Britney Spears grabbed him from behind as he was walking into a restaurant at Las Vegas Casino and that the security detail he was with pushed the pop star away. Now, Dad, he went on to say that he had been coached by security to not look back, not break stride as he was walking into this restaurant so you don't cause a logjam or cause a scene, which I totally get. That stuff all makes sense. The thing that baffles me here, because Britney Spears and her camp have come out and said that she attempted to go and touch him on the shoulder, she wanted to take a picture with Victor Wembenyama, and was backhanded and had her glasses knocked off by his security detail here. Dad, there is so much about this that is insane and confusing, and obviously, I I think the easiest thing in the world would just be an apology from the Spurs or Victor Wembenyama security camp for how this has played out. I'm just amazed that there was this easy for Britney Spears and them to collide here. Because I'd imagine she, who is about 10,000 times more famous than Big Vic at this point or at any point, would not have an equally large security detail around her at this Las Vegas restaurant. Yeah, I'd I'd like to hear more of this because now I'll ask you, do you even think Wembenyana even knows who he is or who she is? I, I, I so, don't think she had now now again he didn't see her but, that's but the thing I'm just saying I in the firmly grand believe him when he says he yes. didn't see her at all one because he is roughly twice the size I think Britney Spears is five four so there's a chance yeah. he literally didn't see her either and also because he was pointed in the other direction and yeah of course he doesn't know he's like what 19 yeah. of course he doesn't know who yeah. Britney Spears D- is. does not know so again as he's walking to dinner with security there's a lot of people that would love to take a picture with him. And as Mike pointed out, security is saying, keep walking, keep going forward, because if you stop, there is going to be an incredible mob, something Mike, you and I have never had to deal with. So, you know, and 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 I get it. I get that train of thought. And now when Binyana is saying she didn't grab him, she just tapped him on the shoulder. You know, she's I, I believe that was one of his one of his latest statements here. And he never and. and what he said is he never turned around. He just kept walking like the security staff did. So this is all on the security staff in, in, in my eyes. And to think right out of the gate. Now, again, I don't know if she repeatedly kept trying to do it. They had told her to stop. I don't know. But if they truly backhanded her, that, that might be a little much, right? I mean, well, if you're the security guy, just kind of step in front and stop him from getting access to her. But to, to backhand her if, in fact, that's what happened. Because I believe she did file a police report. Um, yes. But that would have been a little much if if somebody, if it was just her reaching out, touch his shoulder, someone, 
if someone truly backhanded her, that that might go be going a little too far. Uh, and again, like, could Britney Spears have been walking up by herself? Alone, right, like, right. I can't imagine that's how she's able to move because you want to talk about, I get, Wembenyama is 7'5", he's going to draw a crowd that way. She's Britney freaking Spears in Las Vegas. Like, I can't imagine a more famous person in a place that would accommodate someone of her stature like that. So the dynamics of this all lead me to this. The one thing we know about Las Vegas, Dad, is there are cameras. There's yeah. got to be security footage of yeah. this moment taking place, and we have got to find a way to get everyone's hands on that and see what went down. Because I'm also with you. I didn't know people actually backhanded other people. I like, know. to me, the it? backhand is always the thing you pantomime for the threat of violence. Yes, I always yes. thought the open hand was absolutely how you did this, or like a shove or a mush, the things we see in NBA games. Dad, have you ever in your life seen a backhand executed in no. person? Because I don't think we no, actually never. do that. Never. Always seen the hand raised, like either in a goofing around motion, like, you know, I'll backhand yes. you. That, I, I've actually never... Outside of a movie, where when you backhand somebody in a movie, it's like a full-fledged punch and that person goes flying. Uh, that's the only this, place listen. I've seen it. So, so no, I have not seen a backhand. Brandon, have you been backhanded in your life? I love that Isaiah knew I had something to say. This might be cultural, yeah. guys, because I've seen more backhands than forward hands in my life. <laughs> I don't know. If really? Not to say I, the, the security guards may be African-American. I don't know, but I feel like I, I, we, Mike and I were talking about this in a meeting yesterday. I feel like the backhand is like like a rubber band being pulled back at you in school you kind of flinch at it a front hand i could probably eat those you know see brandon i disagree completely and i disagree on the notion too that it's cultural you and i talked about this during the show pre-show meeting yesterday you had in the most potentially famous moment of a slap of all time between two <laughs> black men a viral moment at the oscars will smith instinctively yeah, went with yeah. the open hand because he could get more power that way coming around like i don't know yes. how you get a little bit of whip with the backhand but the front yes. hand you get to get the hips into it it's like a golf swing at that point man all your power down here and we saw will smith swing right from the hip pocket with that open face slap it's it's fingers versus knuckles that's what we're talking about which one's the stronger weapon which one which appendage do you think is stronger and think about what i'll go down the defensive line moves when you're getting a swipe that double-handed swipe down that knocks no. your arm, that knocks the defender hands, the offensive lineman's hands down more than than this swipe. Brandon, it, it, you got did more Deacon power, Jones more backhand people in the head, or did Deacon Jones slap people them. upside the head? I, I, yeah, it's, I, I, it's, I it's, with, it's a golf swing. I, I'm with Mike on this one. You you can't tell me you can generate enough power with the backhand as opposed to the front hand, which you'd follow really? through. Look at us breaking down backhand and, and, and front hand slap. But I mean, that front hand slap, that front hand slap, you can get your hips into like a golf swing. Send your hips through. And also, there's a competition out now in, in the dumb world that yes. we live in, the yes. slapping contest that's going on. Power Brandon, slap. they ain't doing it backhand. They ain't doing it no. backhand. They're doing it forehand. They're, They're doing a regular slap. And these guys are getting knocked out when it's getting done. Yeah, and and I hope I hope Brittany recovers. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I said the moral right. of the story is a camera. There, I, I, I again, yeah. we need this all. We need Britney Spears protected. That woman has been through enough yeah. hell in her life uh, <laughs> over and over again that we've talked about. So we need to make sure this doesn't happen anymore. Big Vic and everyone in that camp, just apologize. Let's make this easy and let's move on to the basketball. For the love of God. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. 
Man, so yesterday we had Britney Spears trending because of this. I saw Jessica Simpson trending for reasons I did not know, so that was a bit of a blast wow. to my brain. And then on top of all of this, Dad, we had celebrity dating rumors involving Tom oh. Brady and Kim Kardashian coming off of uh, that white party that was held the other weekend at Michael Rubin's place, which first off, there is nothing more dangerous or perilous in my mind than the thought of a party where everyone has to wear white. Do people eat? Do people drink? Like, I, I don't know how you're supposed to get through that. I'd like to know what I guarantee you, like barbecue food wasn't there. I mean, I'd like to know what kind of food, <laughs> right, that, that you're bringing in for that. Okay, let's talk menu. We're having everybody wear white. Let's talk menu. I mean, you really do have to be careful. Plus, I'd imagine at this type of party with the people that are there, unlike us, you and I, Mike, where we would walk in and immediately see what's the food situation. I'd imagine a lot of these people, it's more like just to be seen and not too concerned about eating food. But that's a great point. You spill one time, you're screwed for the night, right? You're done. You're done. Like, does the party have a room full of backup shirts for people? Because for a lot of the guys, it's easier. You're just wearing like a white shirt or something like that. The women, it's a little more involved because some of the dresses are pretty ornate. But like, I I genuinely had a a curiosity about that because it seems like Michael Rubin's doing this again at Summer League now. I saw out in Vegas that he's got another party he's lining up. I don't know when he decided to become the new white party guy. I know that was P. Diddy for years, but uh, it's amazing to see that. But yeah, the Tom Brady, Kim Kardashian rumors, which... Dad, I'm weirdly kind of like rooting for them. I kind of want this to be a thing, and I don't know why. There is, my saying has always been, no way on God's green earth. There's no way on God's green earth they're becoming a couple. I can't believe that Tom Brady, as famous, the GOAT, a man recognized everywhere, one of the greatest football players of all time, still his popularity why he would want to get hooked up into that world. Next thing you know, he's on their TV show. I mean, next, and he's everywhere being photographed all the time. And it's not like he's not used to being photographed with his former wife, who was one of the great supermodels of all time. But still, Tom was not out there that much, right? I mean, he's not Mr. I need to go get my picture taken every single day out there. And the Kardashians are basically like that. And again, I'm not saying that in a bad way because, hell, people are throwing money at them for things, so more power to them. I just cannot see, for even as popular as Tom Brady is and as the GOAT as Tom Brady is, that he would jump in to the Kardashian world. I absolutely do not see that happening. Well, Dad, the only thing I'd say is, I think keeping up with the Kardashians is ended in June. So it's on. It's on again. A- no, the, no. I, I think it went to another station. Did it not? I mean, they're they're still. Oh, doing that's that right. Show. It did. It just changed. Yeah. It just changed platform. But again, a little bit different now. And listen, they're both coming into different portions of their lives. Tom is used to being less famous than the significant other he's been with, so that's not really a barrier to entry for him. And maybe they're both at a point now. I think Kim's forty two. Tom's forty five. They're grown. I want good things for them here. I just think it'd be fun. It'd be a little different. Of course, Tom is not traditionally what we've seen Kim date, but that's fine for both of them it's fine for them to try something new and it's a reminder to everybody you can reinvent yourself later in life what a beautiful love story that turns out to be oh my god maybe if if this happened i would give it about two or three months before they're like yep yeah just just not not happening here i i absolutely do not see it but for in our position it's something fun to talk about It, it definitely is as is this dad um We haven't talked since the PGA Live uh, merger announcement much about that side of things with golf because no one was really sure what the future of Live was going to be. And we'd seen Brooks Kepka finally back enjoying success, and apparently that has made him bold enough to start going out here and dropping hammers like this. Uh, Brooks Kepka the other day ripped into his Live Golf teammates. So anyone unfamiliar, Live Golf, they organized them into teams. Their team is, I think, Team Smash, which... Sweet yes. name, guys. Um, right. And apparently his teammate, Matthew Wolf, who had been a great collegiate golfer who won uh, <clears throat> on his third start on the PGA Tour back in 2019 before going through some struggles there. He actually took a break for a while to deal and, and cited mental health as one of the reasons he was stepping away to start working on himself a bit. But it's been struggling lately on the course. And Brooks Kepler went off and basically said – 
I mean, when you quit on your round, you give up and stuff like that, that's not competing. I'm not a big fan of that. You don't work hard. It's very tough. It's very tough to even have like a team dynamic when you've got one guy that won't work, one guy that's not going to give any effort and is going to quit on the course, breaks club, bad body language. I've basically given up on him. A lot of talent, but I mean the talent's wasted. Now, Dad, we've seen a response from Wolf who said he was disappointed in, in right. hearing that from Brooks. But, Dad, are you surprised? This seems way over the top of anything that we have heard, especially in the world of golf, about one golfer to another. So, so now, again, while golf is an individual sport, we're talking about the team aspect of it here. And, and listen, I know I, and some things I can be old school, and I still think some old school is fine in the new, new school way. I am not a believer in airing out your team laundry. I, I am not a fan of what Brooks Kepka did at all. You got to, and maybe, maybe he did say this to Wolf. Maybe he did talk to him first, but even if he talked to him first, I would not publicly be berating this guy, even if he was bad. Listen, in the last, what, five events, these are 48 man fields. He finished outside the top 30 in them. He has not been playing well. As you mentioned, then he took a break, uh, had some, some mental health things he, he was working on. Uh, but he hasn't been playing well and he hasn't been doing well for the, for the team. And he did withdraw from a, t a tournament in Washington. So all of that doesn't help your team at all. All that being said, and you're the captain of the team like Brooks Kepka is, I'm just not a fan, never will be a fan of an, in a team environment, uh, doing this publicly. And I know there are those that will say, well, maybe if he does it publicly, that'll motivate, you know, Matthew Wolf. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know how much I buy into that. And again, I don't know how much they have talked individually amongst one another. But overall, I am just not a fan of doing the public ripping of someone that's on your team. Yeah, I think that's the part that's confusing for me is what led up to this point. Because it is right. abnormal. Especially, like you said, we don't get a lot of team settings in golf. But in general... In sports, having someone gun this particularly hard at a teammate is abnormal. And usually, in my mind, this is the after you've exhausted all other options. And what I keep coming back to is there must be something about this relationship or the dynamic around this player that we don't know, or Brooks is being kind of a jerk. Those seem to be the only two options I can hold in my hands and make sense of with this. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Dad, just putting a bow on the Brooks Kepka Matthew Wolf situation. I, I I think ultimately I do lean. There's gotta be something about this dynamic that we don't know between these two players. Because if you look at Brooks Kepka himself, I mean, if you take Matthew Wolf at face value and say he's been dealing with a little bit of injury, obviously been dealing with bad play, all these things, it's exactly what Brooks Kepka dealt with on a huge stage yes. not too yep. long ago that ultimately led to his decision to go and join Liv is that he wasn't playing the golf he was accustomed to because his body hadn't held up for him. And now he's back at a place where we saw him finish, you know, second in the Masters, win the PGA Championship. But I feel like that would garner a bit of understanding if that were the only thing that's the case. Because, Dad, usually, like you said, when, when you've got a team 
And whether it's a coach or whether it's a leader on the team, you know everyone needs to be led differently and you understand the idea that, all right, I, I got to have this conversation directly with this person first. And if I can't have it directly with that person, then I might have to bring in a coach or another leader on the team. And you kind of go through all these things and then finally yeah. some people will bring it to the media if they feel like that person's not getting it, that person has no desire to get to it. Like maybe Matthew Wolf, as he presents all this, is uh, you know being disingenuous on his side. These are all things that we don't know but has to somewhat be at the core of this for it to make it out in this way. Because again, usually this is last resort stuff when it comes to the school of good leadership. And maybe I'm ascribing too much on that side to Brooks in this situation. There's just so much, it feels murky to all of a sudden have this spit out at us and be this pointed and this sharp. I, I agree. And listen, I'll even say, I don't think it's good leadership when you go public with all this stuff. And I, I, I know, and I've gone through this over the last couple decades of doing shows of people saying, Sometimes when you get embarrassed publicly, that helps your play. I, I, I just am not a big subscriber to that. Uh, I'm just not because I think there's more negative than positive that comes out of that. Cause then you're answering questions like that all the time. The next tournament they're at, what do you think they're going to be asked about? And going forward, that's what they're going to be asked about. You know, you guys still feuding. What do you think about the relationship? Is it getting any better? Matt, uh, to, to Wolf, is, it, is this helping your play? Are you getting better? I mean, I just think there's more negative than positive that comes out of going through all the other things you can go through to try and help a teammate where it eventually, if they ultimately ends up not being on that team anymore, even if he's back at live, I think, what is it, the top 24 um, moneymakers for live automatically are back next year if, in fact, they are back next year. Uh, yeah. The rest, I don't know how it's going to work, uh, how you get come back or not. But you're right about Brooks. Listen, on, on the Netflix show Full Swing, Brooks is the one who said, I can't compete with the top golfers right now, uh, which, which, to your point, is a big reason he went to live. He just took the easy money. He just grabbed it and said, right now, I'm not very good. I'll grab that boatload of money. And, oh, by the way, along the way, he got real good again. <laughs> and and a whole lot of money, too, to, to boot. But, uh yeah, this is one of those I'm just, I'm not a fan of, never will be a fan of the, the public ripping of a teammate. Yeah, the, I guess there must be something personal in this because in Could sports be. in general, conflict can get you results. Like to your point, I saw Landon Dickerson was on New Heights with Jason Kelsey, his teammate with the Eagles, Lane Johnson we had him the other day, all in that offensive line room. And Landon Dickerson told the story about when he was a young player uh, in his you know first or second year, he's still early in his career, playing next to Jason Kelsey in a game. And he said they were trying to execute a combination block together and Landon was messing it up and said Jason came over to the sideline and ripped him up and down for a minute and told him how bad he had done it and was dog cussing him and then Landon Dickerson is sitting there and he's like all right well I better not do it that way the next time and Jeff Stoutland their offensive line coach was also there and he goes but the next time we got to that moment in a game situation you executed it perfectly and Stoutland's point was I don't know if we get there as fast without it being that friction of a moment there. And we know Jason Kelsey definitely runs hot, but Dad, sometimes the love language of competitive oh, sports, hey. and I've always said a football is when you can have tough conversations quickly built on trust, you can get to results like that a lot faster in general. I completely agree, and this is nowhere near that situation because Jason Kelsey no. didn't do it at a microphone in front of his face. That's, he did that's what that I mean. Man. This took place behind yes, closed yes. doors, yeah. A a exactly. So, I mean, that's that's the way to handle the business. I, in, in, again, that's just my opinion. I know some people differ, but that's the way you handle it. If you need to jump in someone's grill, then you jump in someone's grill, and you see how they react. I just don't think you do it with a microphone in your hand. No, I would agree. Uh, let's... Let's get to some new other news that's been taking place anywhere but inside the locker room or behind closed doors yeah. right now as the Damian Lillard drama continues to spill over into the public. We will get to that in just a second, but Dad, do have to remind everyone that as we are getting on into summer right now, I am pumped, by the way. I moved to Southern California last year with the expectation that every day would be summer, and I apparently brought the worst weather that this state and this particular area have seen in quite some time. It's finally sunny out, 
right now. It's incredible. And that means it's sunglasses time. And that means we got to talk to you about our friends at Knock Around here. Because as the summer is get going, you need great shades that you're not going to have to worry about and not going to have to baby. Knock Around has this quality sunglasses that are your go-to. Great polarized shades that aren't going to break the bank, aren't going to lighten your wallet too much. And as we get ready for Major League Baseball All-Star, you can dip in. They just released their first nine teams of their official Major League Baseball collection. You've got the Red Sox and Yankees, the Mariners who are hosting this year, got a great pair of shades, as well as the official U.S. women's soccer team sunglasses. So as you're getting ready to go and chant USA in a bar somewhere, you can add a little bit extra spice to that game day outfit for the big matches. So don't be the one squinting to the sun or worried about getting their overpriced sunglasses all bent out of shape. Go to knockaround.com for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. Uh... Dad, going to cost a lot more than 28 bucks to get Dame Lillard. So uh, we've seen now, as Damian Lillard made it clear, wanted to trade from Portland, uh, according to sources, wants to play for the Miami Heat, that whole one-team, one-trade thing doesn't usually work out, especially if you're Joe Cronin, the GM of the Portland Trailblazers, trying to maximize the return for the greatest chip that your franchise has had in the modern era. And, Dad... We saw this. I want to play this sound from Mark J. Spears, ESPN NBA insider, who was on, I believe, NBA Today the other day. As we've seen and heard a lot, and people are probably getting to know the name Aaron Goodwin a lot more than they've known a player agent outside of Rich Paul in quite some time, as he has taken to sort of canvassing the NBA right now, telling teams... Don't trade for Damian Lillard because if you do, you're going to get a disgruntled superstar. He only wants to be in Miami. He is not going to come and play for any of the teams that you want him to be on right now. This is the latest, though, heading into this weekend from Mark J. Spears as he talked to Aaron Goodwin the other day. Just before the show, I talked to uh, Aaron Goodwin, Damian Lillard's agent, and he said that he and Portland Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin had a really good discussion today uh, and that adds obviously obviously on top of Woj's great report. Uh, Aaron is hopeful that uh, over the next couple days in Las Vegas where everybody will be that the Miami Heat, the Portland Trailblazers will get in the room, hopefully hash something out. Dad, how much do you buy that notion of Damian Lillard being positioned to other teams, non-Miami Heat teams, as a guy that's not going to show up and be a model citizen for you if you try and do this, that threat. How do you think that works? So we, we certainly don't know if that's true or not, uh, if, if he would actually act that way. But I'll say this. His agent is doing exactly what he should be doing. What you, the, the agent, remember, works for the player. What does the player want? The player wants to go to Miami. So it's the agent's job to try and get him to Miami. However, however that's done, and if that's done by saying, if you're one of the other teams in the NBA, don't even think about it. You will get an unhappy, disgruntled guy uh, that, that doesn't want to play for you, but he doesn't have a no-trade clause. And that's probably a reason there's not a lot of no-trade clauses in the league. There was one. It was Bradley Beal, right? Because the super superstars, of which one Damian Lillard is, a lot of times get their way. You know, if they want to go somewhere and be somewhere, we've seen other players dictate where they want to go, and they get there. So that could be one of the reasons there's not a no-trade clause. Some of the super superstars don't need that. So Damian Lillard's agent, in my opinion, is doing exactly his job, try to, to appease my guy's wishes. Portland, they don't, they're not his agent. Portland's job is to get the absolute positive best deal that they can. But what the agent is trying to do here is keep the waters outside of Miami nice and fresh and keep the waters amongst every other team poisoned. He's just dropping the poison in that water and saying, don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. So the question is, will there be another team to do it? Because Portland's responsibility is to Portland. And if they can get a better deal somewhere else that helps their team, that's exactly what they should do. They don't owe Damian Lillard a pass to whatever team he wants uh, if you get back less than what you could get for him. That's not how business works. So their job is to get the most they can, but have the waters been poisoned enough where another team, that's going to be the big question here, will another team step in knowing what the agent has basically said, and would they truly believe Damian Lillard would be a disgruntled, unhappy 
cancer in the locker room type of a player if he went somewhere else. So that's the dice another team rolls if they put a package together that's better than the Miami package to go back to Portland. And I think the interesting part of that is really you could only see that, I think, if he somehow ended up at a place that wasn't going to be a contender, right? And to me, at this current juncture of Dame's career, he is a guy who's getting into his mid-30s now with, I think, four years left on a pretty expensive deal. That's not going to be for everybody. And so I think that's automatically going to stratify a bunch of teams out of this. This is about teams, I think, wanting to go from good to great. And so to your point, like, if he were to land, I know some people think it far-fetched. I don't think anyone believes at this point Jalen Brown's going to get moved by the Celtics. But as we still wait and sit around for that max extension to get announced, if and when it does, a team like Boston, a team like the 76ers, where all of a sudden, if you were to somehow able to Tyrese Maxey out of Philadelphia in a way that does not seem probable based on the way they've talked about him right now, or you were able to jar loose some of that capital as Boston's reportedly stockpiling valuable assets as far as draft capital to make some big move, If he were to land in one of those two spots, Dad, I have a feeling those waters would calm pretty quick, too, because if Damian Lillard winds up with the Boston Celtics, even, let's say, in a world where they were sans Jalen Brown, because of that move, you can't have him, so it's Dame Lillard and Tatum, that's still a team in the East that absolutely is going to be a favorite to win the NBA Finals. The same would be true in Philadelphia if he ended up teamed up with Joel Embiid, and so that's one of the things where you'd count on your organization, one, the culture around the team, but also your prospects to eventually make him a champion as things that could probably absorb whatever bad feelings came with that move initially. So I say this without knowing Damian Lillard. I see Damian Lillard, how fans see Damian Lillard, how he's reacted and played in Portland, what he has said. He, in my opinion of just what I see, does not seem like he's going to be a guy to where he gets traded, where he's going to be a problem. He just doesn't strike me as that type of player. So to me, this is more the agent trying to stop other teams from putting a great package together that might send his client other uh, from to a different place that he wants to go. Uh, because Damian Lillard cannot fault the Portland Trailblazers if there's a better package from another team that goes back to Portland. You have to understand it's a business. It's been services rendered for 10 years. Damian Lillard has given them great play, and they've paid Damian Lillard a hell of a lot of money. All right? That's how business works. So the agent, as I said, I think is doing exactly what he should be doing, and that's to stop another team from making that incredible offer that Portland would jump at if Miami's isn't as good. Because we already know Tyler Hero, if he's going to be part of the deal, not really wanted in Portland. So you, you already know there's probably going to be a few teams. If it goes to Miami, maybe even other team, there's going to be a few teams involved. So it's going to get a, to be a pretty complicated deal. But, you know, as I said, it goes back to the beginning again for me. The agent's doing his job, and then Portland now needs to do their job and find the best deal they can. And I don't think Damian Lillard will be that guy that goes to a team where you got to worry about how he's going to act. Yeah, he won't be James Harden, right? Like, we won't have to worry about the end of James Harden's (laughs) tenure where he's showing up and just rolling the ball out there and not really doing much or the wearing the fat suit. That doesn't seem to be a club that's in Dame's bag that we've seen so far. And that sort of complicates it because, Dad, part of this player mobility era in the NBA has been about what you're willing to do to make a team uncomfortable. And really in any negotiation, right? We see this in the NFL and talk about this all the time. A guy like Saquon Barkley, who's coming up on that franchise tag, what are you willing to do to make your organization sweat? Because the best chip you have is withholding your services the best chip you have is saying i'm not going to show up and give you this and oh by the way every time you step to the microphone anytime someone on this team steps to the microphone they're gonna have to talk about me and they're gonna have to talk about this situation and dad it's the first thing i ever learned from you which is hey don't make problems for your teammates with what you go out there and say publicly in front of other people but that's exactly what you've got to be willing to do right now and that's exactly why we're getting to know aaron goodwin's name because he's paid to be the bad guy right now because i don't think i saw dame tweeting the other day i think most recently dame tweeted I'm amazed and that he said people can say so much while knowing so little. So I think he is probably a little uncomfortable with this situation because this has never had to be him. He's always been recused from this. And so that's why your agent gets 3% or whatever it is because they got to go out there and eat shrapnel for you in public. 
And like you said, it all comes down to what's your best leverage. What move do you have in your bag that gets you what you want? And in this case, it is the agent, as I said before, poisoning the waters for all the other teams saying, don't do it. When I, I truly believe the other teams think like we think and say, Damian Lillard is not going to be a problem if he comes here. So if it's good for our team, we want to bring him here. Just like, just like you said with Saquon Barkley. Does anybody, again, for those that don't know, franchise tags have players, which uh, uh, Saquon Barkley is. There's actually three big time backs that are Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs. They have till July 17th. Anybody who's tagged has till July 17th to sign a new deal. If they do not sign a long-term deal, no matter what, the only deal they can play on, if they're going to play, is that franchise tag of one year, and then you go through whatever you go through next year. Does anybody believe that the biggest threat a player can have is withholding services that Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, or Saquon Barkley would not play? I don't believe it. I, I think every one of them will play. The, the, the amount is $10 million that they would be playing for. That, that's the, uh, the tag amount. And I don't believe any of them would sit the season. So I, I think that makes it tougher when the biggest chip you have, nobody really believes that you're going to play that chip. And, and while I might disagree a little, running back's the one spot where I think yep. some of those guys might be able to pull it off. But to your point, and this goes back to Damian Lillard, I don't know if he is willing to get as dirty as we've seen right, other right. people willing to in the past. And that all brings us back to this. I will say as one final note on this, the Tyler Hero portion of this, I can't imagine a person who is sleeping less soundly <laughs> yeah. at night right now than Tyler Hero. Because yeah. I feel like Tyler Hero saw himself as a heat lifer. That man's entire personality is so deeply and impossibly Miami that the thought of him getting shipped off in a four-team trade somewhere, like if Tyler Hero somehow ended up as like a member of the Utah Jazz, I think he might quit basketball. I think he might legitimately stop playing in the NBA. Let's start with the other way. This was a guy who was hurt, and everybody's saying, can Tyler Hero get back into the series? Can he help this team? He's so important to this team. And now before, even if he ended up with Utah, would he still want to play? It's like, yeah, they're talking about a trade with another team, a team, and that team doesn't want you. I mean, you were talking yeah. about as, man, you can help a team that's in the finals, and now we're talking about a team that didn't make the playoffs looking to trade their superstar, and as part of the deal coming back, that, that team has Tyler Hero going, and the Portland says, nah, we're good there. We'll pass on that unless you can find another team. That would That would really bum me out. It's a really tough scene all the way around, and we've seen these hard feelings play out in public, right? Jalen Brown has always been, in Boston, yeah. the guy that's been dangled out as the subject of trade rumors or player movement rumors back in last summer when the Durant deal was potentially on the table for them. And now for Tyler Hero, even if he ends up back in Miami, you know you were the guy that they yeah. dangled out yes. there. The money is going to keep you playing the way that you have, self-preservation and all these things. But man, there is nothing that drives home the for who, for what portion of this is a business, yeah. like you said, on the other side, than that reminder that the team will also cut bait and bail on you as quickly as possible if it can benefit them in some other way. And so, going back to Jalen Brown, get every cent they possibly owe you. Do not take a bit less in all of this because they will get rid of you and they've tried to before. And oh, by the way, the paydays in the NBA, every year it happens, but every year it just blows my mind of how flush that league is with money. Kudos to them and kudos to all the players making a ton of money. Uh, Dylan Brooks is $80 million. Yes. Come on down to the Houston Rockets. You are another winner in the NBA lottery. All right, let's get to this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish off everybody's week, get you going into the weekend. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating, and tell us more what you want to hear uh, around here. And, Dad, let's start off with this. Corey Dillon, in an interview published in The Athletic, was big mad about the Cincinnati Bengals Ring of Honor selection process. For anyone unfamiliar, he highlighted the fact that the process actually – 
features votes from season ticket holders and suite holders of the Cincinnati Bengals. Corey Dillon said, quote, this ain't a popularity contest. This is football. You're going to put somebody in who's more popular than somebody who's got stats. The Bengals are smart. I give it to them. We will put it in the hands of season ticket holders so they don't have to take the backlash. That's BS. That bleep should come straight from the team. Half these season ticket holders are people that have never even seen half of us play. Uh, Dad, how right is Corey Dillon? Because I don't think... It's a matter of right or wrong. It's just how right. Oh, he's absolutely right. I mean, you look at the Ring of Honor right now. I remember being there when they inducted the first group, which in, which involved Anthony Munoz and uh, Ken Riley, I believe, and Paul Brown. Since then, Willie Anderson, Isaac Curtis have been put in there as well, and uh, they're 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 voting on a couple more. I agree with him. Not now. It's a popularity contest. I, I agree. I see what the team is doing. They're letting the people that spend big bucks with them, season ticket holders and suite holders, have a say to make them feel good. So I get it from their side. But now it is. It's a popularity contest where some of these people that own this and are voting don't know of some of the guys who played back in the day a little bit or know a lot about them. It's just going to be at their their most favorite one. I I, I wouldn't be shocked if somebody was voting for. Uh, Joe Burrow right now to be put in the ring of honor. <laughs> you yeah. know, when, when you put it in, in a fan's hand, put Jamar Chase in the ring of honor. You know, I mean, so I agree. It, it should be, it should not be that group, but I, I, I'll say it. I understand why the team is doing it to let those people feel like they have a say in it. But from the player standpoint, that is the wrong way to do business. I was going to say, he's their franchise's all-time leader in carries and rushing. I get it was ugly at the end before they dealt him to New England, but this is just another reminder. The Bengals aren't a good franchise. Like, this is Brian Cox. You are not serious people. They're just having the odor of their normal suck masked by Joe Burrow and how good this team is. So I'll quickly say the biggest ridiculousness of any ring of honor for any team in any sport is the fact yes. that Jerry that 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 uh, Jimmy Johnson is not in the Ring of Honor for the Dallas Cowboys because Jerry Jones doesn't like him because Jimmy Johnson got all the credit for the Super Bowls and Jerry didn't get enough credit and uh, so Jimmy Johnson's not in the Ring of Honor. It, it's the biggest joke. It, it's laughable and and it's really a black mark against Jerry Jones for his his I, I don't know what the word is against Jimmy Johnson to not have him in there. It, it, and I know Jimmy will eventually get in there. I, I do understand that. But it is an absolute joke that he's not there. I mean, he'll get in when Jerry dies, maybe. That's about all that yeah. we have to, at this point. But, uh, yeah, petty to, petty to say the least, Dad. Um, let's get to that, though, and even more petty. Uh, what happens when you're one billionaire in an argument and about to be in a fight, potentially, on pay-per-view with another billionaire? You create a rival social media app to try and upset the Apple cart. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook or Meta now, whatever it is, uh, and their recently debuted social media app Threads have completely stomped onto the scene in social media, downloaded more than 30 times in 16 hours as a rival to Twitter. I think Twitter is now getting prepared to sue them for reasons about being too similar and making uh, Elon Musk really uncomfortable. But, Dad, the question on everyone's minds are, when are you going to join Threads right now? Have you joined Threads already, unbeknownst to me? What's your status here? Well, I can't wait to start a thread on threads. I mean, that's that's what I'm looking forward to, there we right? Go. Uh, there I'm we sure go. that's a joke that's been done already. But they're on pace for 100 million people in two months, which is pretty impressive. Um, so you're going to have to tell me what it's about and show me what I need to do. Like this other one is what, Blue Sky? But don't you have to be invited for that, which I think you've been invited for that. I, I, I just started reading about that as well. But just to go on with the Elon Musk and, and Zuckerberg kind of feud. I really do hope they get in the ring. I think that would just be so laughable. Uh, but, but pretty wild. Uh, you had to figure at some point the way some people are just disgusted with what Elon Musk has been doing with Twitter, that something else was going to come, come about and have, have an option for other people. Yeah. The quality has been slipping for a while at Twitter and someone finally stepped in and 
listen, you've got all the backing of Instagram. It's tied to that um, threads, and it makes it a lot easier on people to make the transition over. Dad, the bottom line is I really don't know what's going to happen. There are too many social medias right now. It's exhausting, and I am just hedging my bets. I'm going to be with Twitter until the site implodes and is erased from the earth. And when it happens, I've basically planted a bunch of little seeds around on these other sites to see where we all wind up. Because the bottom line is we've made it clear we got to be somewhere. We can't go back to having nothing else to go and sit and watch things communally together or talk about nonsense together. We're that addicted, and so we're all just sitting around waiting to figure out which of these is going to win the Twitter and social media Hunger Games. So should I be should I be joining Threads and and do you think I can get an invite off your coattails to Blue Sky? Dad, I can hook you up with the Blue Sky invite. We're going to get you locked in on Threads and you're going to be able to do the same thing that you always have done, which is quote tweet people quote and tweet. then go to bat yeah. in the comments for friends of ours in the media industry. Yeah. It's wonderful. That's it. Please never change. Please never, never change. Never uh, No. Speaking of change, Dad, let's get to the third, oh, and we can go ahead and run ISO on this one. So, go ahead, my Have friends, my fellow Swifties. Last night was our night. Uh, for anyone unfamiliar, Taylor Swift has been going back, pop icon, artist extraordinaire, has been going back and re-recording old albums of hers after the masters for those albums, essentially the ownership for them, were sold off to a man named Scooter Braun in very controversial fashion, and has now been taking back those albums by re-recording them so that she receives all of the benefit from these versions of the songs. And next up was her third studio album, Speak Now, which was coming out back in 2010. So a much younger version of the woman who is now touring across the country. Dad, all of these tracks and albums have come with unreleased tracks called the Vault Tracks uh, that were previously not recorded, part and lost on the cutting room floor. And I got to say, overall, top to bottom, Speak Now was never an album I had a relationship with at the time in 2010. I came over to Taylor Swift during the Red Era. That was just my journey with the process here. This is an album that is big and loud and fun. Speak Now has probably more stadium bangers than any Taylor Swift album in the catalog. And hearing it back now with her fully developed grown adult voice, what a joy. What an absolute joy. Songs like Mean absolutely sing right now. You look at other uh, stadium bangers that she's had on this one. Long Live, Sparks Fly, Story of Us, Haunted, all big and full and rich. But Dad, the real thing about this came down to two elements. One in the vault tracks, we got Haley Williams from Paramore on a track called Castles Crumbling. Didn't sound like what I expected, but still very enjoyable. The real piece de resistance, though, was Electric Blue featuring Fallout Boy. This was all of my early 2000s nostalgia wrapped in a wonderful little package that absolutely kicked ass. And Dad, for a little bit of controversy for you here, there's a Taylor Swift song called... Um, Better Than Revenge, which is a little mean, featured a lyric that at one point said she's just an actress. She's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Not the nicest thing in the world to say. Taylor Swift came out and changed the lyric for this, Dad, to he was a moth to the flame and she's holding the matches. It was in reference to a woman that had reportedly stolen an old boyfriend of Taylor Swift's and Taylor wanted to change this. Her messaging around this album had been don't be mean to John Mayer, the track Dear John on here, one of the most vicious diss tracks of all time. I don't want people going and running around. She understands, Dad, the power she's got and the deeply online fan base that she has here and she's doing her best to control it. And I for one can't fault her for that wanting to be better with the benefit of age and encourage her fans to do the same that's responsibility that's growth and that's ultimately i think the story of this album what do you think i agree with everything you say and really can't add any more to that because i think you've said it all well done whatever the hell you just said what happened i blacked out um if you understood any of that download subscribe rate and review leave us a five-star rating have a great weekend we'll talk to you monday Boom. Money in the bank. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.